And biology is really, really tough on one hand. Um, <laughs> but it's also very uh, rewarding, you know? Now we work in clinical programs that wow. um, we were able to show that we correct the disease in patient-derived cells in a genetic, um, you know, very severe genetic disease. Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax, and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. This episode is powered by JVentures, a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley, in partnership with Lomitech, and sponsored by Homeward Ventures, Hippo Insurance, Opwest, Hillel at Stanford, Leap, and Birthright Excel. Today, we're going to be diving deep into biotech and intellectual property. Meet Rachel Diamond, Chief IP Officer and Head of Pipeline Development of Amendo Biotherapeutics. Amendo was founded in 2015 by Rachel and a group of classmates from Weizmann. Her role at Amendo as Chief Intellectual Property Officer and Head of Pipeline Development includes designing an IP strategy for Amendo that both generates an extensive patent portfolio to cover various novel aspects of the technology and product, and also navigates the IP space. Additionally, she is building Amendo's pipeline of clinical programs and the academic and industrial collaborations and partnerships for the preclinical development of Amendo's selected indications and genomic targets. Rachel Diamond, welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you doing this morning? I, I'm doing wonderful. I'm so excited to be talking to you about Amendo and biotherapeutics and the I, the role of intellectual property within within biotech and uh, gene editing. And there's so much to talk about. You have a, a phenomenal journey behind you from uh, and biotech engineering from the Technion, masters in neuroscience from Weizmann Institute of Science. You are now you have you've co-founded Amendo with classmates from the Weizmann Institute after being a serial entrepreneur with a few other companies uh, that are that are also just incredible that are dealing with with similar topics. Rachel, before we dive into biotherapeutics and what you're doing with Amendo, can you briefly mention a few of the key milestones on your journey, but from the lenses of 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 how they helped you progress either as an entrepreneur or a leader? Yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah, so first of all, the academic background, I guess that's, uh, um, especially in engineering, when I went into the field of also medical device and biotech, it gave me a lot of flexibility to understand, um, you know, complex systems like MRIs and, 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 and heavy technology, uh, on the engineering side. So my education was very helpful and helped me stay very versatile with the, you know, the fields I was able to, uh, dive into. Um, so I guess that's, that's one point. I think, um, the other would be probably when I started working at Shiba Medical Center in the, um, um, technology transfer unit where I first dived into the world of, of IP strategy and really how to construct an IP portfolio that would make sense and would generate value. And I could also understand why there are like, you know, um, what's missing in this field, why it's not always being done in an optimized way. Um, and that also helped me to, um, you know, to develop, um, to, to master that and to really develop my own, uh, um, capabilities around that, uh, mm -hmm. which is really a, a key point, uh, also in our discussion. Um, right. and maybe also as a child, my father is a physician and uh, he's a surgeon. And I was always uh, very interested and very intrigued by the human body and, and, and biology 
but also medical systems and to understand how that world uh, operates. So it all came together uh, during the years to, uh, to where I am right now. Amazing. So l- let's start from the intellectual property side, which, which you're dealing with today, because I think it, it's an interesting question to be asked when you're developing deep technology or something that is, um, you know, that, that is really core to the value of an organization or a company. What, what is this? What is sort of the struggle or the constraints in terms of intellectual property in the biotech space? And what is the role of the IP strategist in protecting that domain expertise in your company? Yeah, absolutely. And it's very important. Um, so I think, I think often, and I saw, uh, you know, numerous examples of, of, of that, um, IP at companies is usually handled in a crooked way. So, you know, you, the companies develop technology and they have really cool and, 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 and novel technology. And then they go to the patent attorney and the patent attorney writes a patent on the technology. And if you do, if you do it that way, you would more often than not, I don't want to generalize, but more often than not, you will not get a good patent that really helps you, that really generates value because patents are not about writing or, you know, uh, of technology. It's about being really a, a business tool and you have to ask the right questions before you go and draft a patent. So you really have to ask, what's the product? Who will, who will be buying the product? Where will, where will you be making the product? So these specific questions, if they're not asked and not analyzed, usually you'd get a patent that covers, maybe covers the technology, but doesn't cover the product. And product and technology are often not the same. They may be overlapping, but your patents have to be directed to the product, the way it's going to be designed, its final design. And, you know, the different components that's going to be in it and what you're actually going to be selling. I can give you like an example. This was really like, you know, mind blowing for me when I realized that. So, um, so for example, in the, in the, uh, um, glucose sensing space, you have companies developing glucose sensors and writing all the patents because the technology is in the glucose sensor. It's in the sensor. Mm-hmm. But then you find out that they're actually not selling the sensor. They're giving it away for free. And their entire business model is based on the strips, on the, the, the strips that they're selling. And there's no patent covering that. And, no, and, and, and so this is where you see that the patents don't cover the actual product that the company is selling. And that happens a lot, more often than not. And it's, it's, uh, it's fascinating because... Um, you know, the patents are like the major asset of the company. It's the value driving. And if it's not directed correctly to, to the actual product, to the components, to what's going to be in the final product that gets, that's the company is selling, you don't get valuable patents. Actually, these patents are often not enforceable, not protectable, and they're just off. Right. I think, you know, we're, we're in 2021 and I think a lot of the conversation uh, has shifted from patents. You know, when I'm looking at a lot of my friends leaving university or 8200, I don't think many of them are thinking about patenting their technology. And perhaps that is because a lot of it is software based. But are we are we shifting away from patents and intellectual property holding or or is it just that the 
the domain that I'm living in is 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 having is has less of that, but it's still very much uh, considered reputable in biotech. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so I think uh, you're you're right in software. Uh, it is moving away from patents. They mm-hmm. they used to write a lot of patents on software, but it really doesn't have a lot of value. So and and you disclose a lot. Um, and, and your, your ability to really, uh, enforce those patents is really low. So, so yes, software is really moving away from patents, but in the technology world, in tangible technology, definitely patents are still ruling big time and getting even more and more strong. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. That, That makes a lot of sense. And so tell me a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey within biotech. And I want you to start with what is biotech from your lens? And as you're going through the Technion and then you're diving into neuroscience at Weizmann, what are some of the convictions that you understand that you're going to employ as a strategy as an entrepreneur? So I guess at the time I wasn't, uh, I, I, I really didn't know what I was going to do. I was just fascinated by the, the, by the, the field and the technology and the biology. Um, I didn't, I didn't know what I was going to do with this. Um, I'm very entrepreneurial, but you know, that's my, that's my, my, my nature. And, um, uh, so I was always like, you know, looking around to see what's going on and, and, uh, uh, started working at Shiba Medical Center, which brought a lot of innovation to my table, uh, which was also really, really interesting. Uh, and the processes inside the hospital, how to develop a project. So I was exposed to that um, entrepreneurial, um, you know, ventures from my role as IP in, in, from the IP side. Um, and then when I, I when I started working with David Barra, my good friend from school, uh, where you know we we he's my classmate and we were good friends from the very beginning, um, from the first day of school at the fire drill. <laughs> We got together and I guess we're good friends ever since. And when I started working with him 10 years ago or a bit more, um, again, started on the IP side, but I think we are very similar in the way we think and that we're very similar in, in, in our ambitious. And so it was kind of natural to start, to start, you know, developing projects together. Um, David is a super talented entrepreneur, uh, a brilliant scientist and a brilliant businessman. And so it just, you know, it was a lot of fun. We were having uh, a lot of fun during, you know, the work and um, working together so synergistically. Uh, so we started, you know, more and more projects and moving forward in this world of, of, of establishing companies and, and taking technology forward uh, and funding it. And, you know, all these challenges uh, of, of this space. <laughs> amazing. Uh, really, I'm, I'm really, really fortunate to work with such uh, uh, amazing, amazing people who are my close friends as well. W- wonderful. Okay, so Amendo, Jeans, tell yeah. me a little bit about the problem space and, and how you're tackling it. Um, so it really started, um, so, you know, David comes from, uh, from Adayonat's lab and, um, uh, so he's, he comes from structure function of proteins and protein, uh, um, uh, and protein engineering. And then we, we also, um, uh, started working together with Lior who just came back from Harvard from his postdoc. And he came with this world of, of DNA repair and DNA damage response. 
and also Noam, who's uh, also from the same lab doing from the world of, of DNA repair. And together we kind of realized that if we take the current tools like CRISPR basically and, and combine it with protein engineering, we can actually do um, uh, a, lot of, a lot of improvements and a lot of progress in the field. Because protein engineering is very powerful methodology if you want to take proteins and you want to evolve them and change their properties and make them better adapted to what they're supposed to do. So, you know, CRISPR is like, it's a, it's a tool that came from bacteria. It's an immune system of bacteria. And it was never designed to work in the uh, mammalian uh, cell uh, context. So if you want to take a protein from one context where it was evolved in evolution for millions of years, and you want to take it into a new context, you need to make adjustments. You need to change it. And this is what we decided that we're going to do with protein engineering. Um, uh, it's, it's a methodology called directed evolution, where you actually take a protein, you mm -hmm. introduce changes, and you screen what happened with those changes to see how, how did you change the protein. So you see... You, you, you put up assays that will help you screen those, those, um, uh, those variants and really be able to select those specific variants that have improved characteristics. And then you continue with that uh, variance to develop cure, to develop genetic, genetic medicines. So I know very, very little about what you're talking about, but that sounds fascinating. And, and I love the phrase direct evolution. Um, how much of it is, you know, when you're trying to simulate what would happen given a change in protein over, over a scale and, and over evolution, how much of it is software-based simulations versus physical ones? Um, so it started on the physical side. We started by setting up the, uh, um, you, you know, generating protein libraries. These are really large libraries. We, these are 10 in the ninth um, large libraries of protein variants that you want to screen. Uh, so, you know, this, the, the, the screening procedure and, and the essays that reports are really important. Mm -hmm. um, but only at a later stage, I guess only after... Um, I guess almost two years after this company started, we really... Uh, we really started building also our, um, what is called bioinformatics, um, which is, uh, uh the software people <laughs> mm -hmm. coming in and, um, analyzing this huge amount of data that we're generating and starting to building models and to do predictions and to, um, and, and, and today we have actually a really, really wonderful and very, very professional unit of uh, bioinformatics now with um of like six phd's in that field that are writing codes for and and you know really um for also for streamlining our work but also for extracting um insights from this huge amount of data we're generating so amazing this is really fascinating um process and so maybe, you know, I think one of the most impactful things I can get out of this also is this understanding of what it means to create a biotech company. One of the companies that I've been most fascinated by recently is Immuni uh, by two good friends. And, and you know, it's, I've been asking myself, what, what is it like running an, a biotech company as an entrepreneur or as a serial entrepreneur in your case? 
in comparison to that of a traditional B2B SaaS and cyber or traditional AI, can you walk me through some of the big milestones that you would experience mm-hmm. as an entrepreneur in deep technology biotech space? Um, yeah, so, you know, I think it's very different because biology is very challenging and you never know if it's going to work. You never know. It's not like in software, you, you, you decide to do something and then you have to just make it, you know, but there's no, not yeah. a lot of, 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 uh, uh mystery around if it's going to work or not. You just generate what you want, you know, what you want to do. You have some people, computers, whatever. And, and you just do it. Um, and in biology, there's a lot of unknown and a lot of, uh, uh, work that needs to put into, um, setting up the right systems that will report correctly on what you want to see. And there's also, you know, there's always the unknown. Will we find right. the solution? Will we have it? You know, we don't know. Will it work? Will it? And also, you know, you work in this, in, in, in the context of human disease. So. You're also very much dependent on the literature and what is already known. The mechanism right. is fully elucidated. Do you know exactly what you're going to do in the human cell? Once you do the genome editing, what will be the outcome? Will you be able to fix the phenotype to correct the disease? So there's a lot of unknowns and, and biology is really, really tough on one hand. Um, <laughs> but it's also very uh, rewarding. You know, now we work. In clinical programs that wow. um, we were able to show that we correct the disease in patient-derived cells in a genetic, um, you know, very severe genetic disease that children have. So uh, when you're able to develop a cure for that, it is um, it is actually crazy. And how early in your life did you know that this is the world you're going to be living in? Oh, very early on, you know, I was, I was sitting with my dad for hours, um, asking him about the, the digestion system and the CNS and how things work in the body. Um, I think biology was always, uh, I, I had no question in my mind that, that this is what I'm going to do when I grow up. Um, uh, I thought to be a physician at first, but then I realized that this is not what I want to do. Um, I think the also, I guess, from my father uh, realizing that the system is very, um, it's very challenging. You know, the the medical system to work in as a physician is very challenging, and you um, you are very constrained. So, and I also love the technology. So, I took on a, a different direction of you know, very very cool. Engineering would be would be good, which it really was. Really, good. I want to spend the last few minutes continuing on this on the same path and understanding you a little bit better. And go, so going back to, to the childhood, you know, what, what part of this really was the fascinating aspect to you? Was it the, you know, the unknown? Was it the uncovering? Was it the actual, the, you know, the medical side of things, the impact that it could have? Um, so I guess, yeah, it's the medical side of things and, um, and really understanding how the body works from the organ level to the cellular level to the molecular level. You know, it's really just amazing. And, um, and I think that also drove me in another direction that I'm very interested in. And I, I, I spent a lot of time, um, you know, reading and understanding, um, nutrition and health and, and, and supplements and et cetera, because this, you know, under coming from the science and understanding the biochemistry and understanding physiology and met- metabolism, 
then it connects to how the world really works and you know what impacts our body environmental factors nutritional factors and i've been able to also you know affect my own health as well as my friends you know everyone who's Amazing. close to me knows that <laughs> eating like uh, eating junk food around me is not a very recommended <laughs> situation <laughs> amazing amazing and in, what in, what is what inspires you today as you go about your journey in your day-to-day -day when you're working with jeans or in any of your other biotech companies um sorry go again my my, my kiss just got in <laughs> what, what inspires you today uh, you know in your day-to-day -day life either as you're working on jeans or biotech in general um so I think, you know, innovation and like groundbreaking innovation is, um, is really mind blowing. And whenever we find solutions that are completely novel and very effective, then, then this is, uh, yeah, then this is mind blowing. This is, so, I think that's what inspires me today. Amazing. And what are three words that you would use to describe yourself? Um, I think um, innovator. Um, I'm also optimistic and yeah. relentless. I love it. Rachel, thank you very much. I hope that you go ahead and make a huge positive impact with everything that you do. I really appreciate your time and you. uh, stay safe and stay healthy. Thank you. Yeah, you too. Thank you so much. Thank you. I love you.